0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor... I hate that we have to have this episode. The Sabres, the city of Buffalo, and the greater hockey community lost a legend last week. Rick Jenneratt passed away at the age of 81. Rick Jenneratt was a Hall of Fame broadcaster for the Sabres for 51 years, first on the radio broadcast before making his way to television. Through countless iconic calls, he cemented himself as a legend in both the broadcasting and hockey communities. I think what's maybe the best compliment that you can give RJ is that he was on the mic for some of the biggest moments in Saber's history, whether it was dazzling plays, huge hits, thunderous fights, or the most magical of moments in the history of the franchise. And in each of those plays, RJ's calls are just as integral to those moments as the plays themselves. And, And let's be clear here. RJ called some incredible games incredible moments, and it could not be more obvious that no moment was too big for him. He always rose to the occasion and delivered one-liners that in many cases would be stuck in our heads for days, weeks, months, and even years later. You can go through the list, La 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 Fontaine, Mayday, the population of Pommonville, Top Shelf for Mama Hides the Cookies, Now Do You Believe, These Guys Are Good, Scary Good, Roll the Highlight Film, the Campbell Umberger hit, Ray and Domi fights, Call a Copy, Robbed them Blind, Legion of Doom, the Ottawa Brawl, Briere's Game 6 goal against Carolina, Drury and Afinaganov's goals against the Rangers, every one of those calls I just referenced, anytime we're reminded of them, you hear RJ's voice in your head. And we would hear his voice over and over again in our living rooms or at a friend's house or at a crowded bar year after year, knowing that we were in store for something special anytime that he was on the mic. His voice is synonymous with all of these moments that we all hold so close to our hearts, which is why this this loss feels like we also lost a friend in the process, too. I am, as we all are, deeply, deeply sad about losing Rick, but am so grateful for the lifetime of memories that he gave all of us because I know that there won't be a day that goes by that I don't hear one of those iconic calls and get goosebumps just like I did while hearing them in the original moment. So Taylor, talk to me a bit about RJ's impact on you and on hockey and and just generally how you're feeling in the wake of his passing. So I think one example
1: that kind of illustrates uh, not just how beloved he was, but what what a long uh, length of time, you know, and how many generations he touched is, I remember on Christmas one year at my house, I had rod hockey, and a, me and a bunch of my cousins are playing rod hockey, and three of my uncles were up there, and they were trying to announce it, like Jennerette, and they're all doing Jennerette voices, but like, trying to be like, no, 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 it's not like this, it's like this, and I think, I say that, I'm sure people listening, like, almost everyone listening probably has their own, like, you know, oh, that that I, that reminds me of this. This, like, this situation where that happened. And honestly, I would say it, it occurred to me, like, this past week with RJ that he was probably, like, when I was a kid in, like, middle school, my favorite part of the organization, which is kind of crazy. Not any of the players. Uh, him more than anyone. Uh, which, it's kind of fascinating in hindsight. But we... Sabres fans talk probably too much about 5 06, and 6 07, and how fun those seasons were. And- or not
0: enough, depending on who you ask. But
1: Yes. <laughs> and Jenner was a huge part of that. And even at that point, though, I think there was some worry that he was already soon to retire. I know when the full season lockout happened in 04-05, he was already considering retirement then. So he, he stuck around for quite a while after that. But he'd already been around for more than 30 years. So I think people started to really appreciate it like, Hey, we've had this great announcer. He might not be here for long, which turned out to be wrong. <laughs> he was still around until 2022. But in, I remember in 06, I think it was they released the CD of his best calls, and 07 was the uh, top shelf DVD that they sold, which I had and a lot of people had. Uh, I just rewatched it. Actually, it's it's great. He and but that's wild though to think about that in the middle of the announcer's career in the middle of a fantastic season they sold a DVD that was just about the play by play guy and it sold super well. And everyone loved it. It was, yeah, it's there, there's so much to say about Rick, but where do you want to start?
0: <laughs> I mean, that's a great question. Cause there is just so much that we can cover here. I guess. Why don't we, Let's revisit some of the moments. I mean, there's so many that I had just referenced before, and there's a laundry list more on top of that that I didn't even get to from that long list that I gave before. But tell me a little bit about what moments really stand out with you the most, what ones resonate, what do you think his best calls are, and and what are some of your favorite ones?
1: Well, I kind of, I for the most part, I have... uh a lot of the same favorites as everyone else, and it kind of comes and goes. Obviously, everyone loves Mayday. One I uh, you referenced earlier that I think I've been thinking about recently. It just it sounds so cool. When Plant scored in overtime, Game Seven against Ottawa, and eliminated them in '97, I think that was he does the Are you ready, Legion of Doom? Here comes the Buffalo Sabers, or here come yeah. the Buffalo Sabers. It just the way he says it is so cool, and obviously they didn't win that series anyway. But it it is a it's I, I said this on Twitter. Having someone like RJ was like having uh a, a team hype man yeah <laughs> well like the way he called fights the way he like uh the way he called hits, goals anything the way he pumped up certain guys with cool nicknames la 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 fontaine obviously but there's you know saying when jason daw scored saying that was awesome all the ones like that that he had which was you know so many of them they were fantastic it's it was like an integral part of the Sabers for so long, and honestly, it's crazy because I think these a lot of these moments are more memorable because of the calls, and like so so beating you know winning a playoff series in overtime in '93 that's awesome, you know just in general it's really cool, but it's it's made all the better because it just has a ridiculous call attached to it. Mm. Uh, that's one uh, who knows if people would still be talking about like Dave Hannon scoring in overtime if not for, like, uh, the series go is going back to where Jimmy Hoffa is, which I, I believe Jenorette said he didn't like as a call. Really? But yeah, I think it- I think he says that in Top Shelf. Like, I didn't know what to say. been such a long game. And I don't even actually know if Jimmy Hoffa's at the Meadowlands, but I heard that one time.
0: <laughs> but- <laughs> I think, with, like, in addition to that, too, the- there was a lot of moments. The, the Campbell-Umberger hit comes to mind, where I think one of the things that I love the most is when – he didn't even like have words and it would just be, yeah. Whoa! he does like a, bah! what <laughs> I my like, just, 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 just make, makes it like emitting it. Yeah. Like just sound. He just like, just is having this like primal reaction to seeing it unfold, you know? And I think that's another thing that made him so special is that it's, it's kind of how a fan would react in those moments too, where you're, you just are like, Oh my God, like in the moment. And, The thing is, is that he would always be able to, as you had said, like slap on these just calls that would take already good moments, but just elevate them in a way that, again, it just, I don't know, it it really reminds you of why we romanticize sports so much and why people love this so much. It's just, this is such a key component of that. And Rick, it was the voice of our generation, you know, like growing up, it was for like, like
1: five generations. Yeah, well,
0: I, I just absolutely. But I just mean with us, I think, being as young as we were, I should I shouldn't say I mean, as impressionable and young as we were, I guess being, you know, in like, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade around the time when things were really happening with them. And like, oh, five to seven, like we were talking about, you know, like you said, with your with your uncles, like, everybody would try and have a Rick voice and recreate the calls. And like, he's, he's just as much a part of Sabres hockey to me as anybody who's ever worn the Jersey. Like Rick is just as much a member of the Buffalo Sabres as, as Gilbert Perot, as Danny Briere, as Pat LaFontaine, like Ryan Miller, Dominic Hasek, any of these guys, like Rick is, is right there with them. And it just, It's just taken this sport that we all love so much and these moments that all matter so deeply to us that we have just these beautiful, fond memories of and knowing how we felt in those moments and just being able to take something that's already so special as it is. And like I said in the intro, being able to live up to it every time and making these moments just elevate and become something that is just, It's it was like magic, like listening to it. Like again, that as a twenty nine year old man, I can watch. I was watching highlights this morning of again, like the calls that I had mentioned, and you you literally get goosebumps just by hearing his voice and just the the passion and and the emotion and the way that he's able to emote. It's just unlike anything else that I have ever experienced in sports and. I just, uh, again, I I just have a hard time looking around various sports leagues, you know, because there are some incredible broadcasters out there. There There's some incredible play by play guys out there. But I'm going to tell you right now, I have, you can throw any name at me. And I personally don't think they stack up against Prime Rick. Like, I, I really don't. I really don't think that there's anybody out there that just, is able to not only be able to rise the occasion in these moments, but also have this deep connection to the team that makes it all the more special, you know, because I think there's a lot of guys, like, we talk about it very often with the NBA guys, like Mike Breen and um, other TNT broadcaster. Oh my God, I'm totally blanking right now. You're talking about, um well, i blanking as well, but you're not, you're not talking about um, Albert, right? Yeah, yeah, even even him as well, like, these guys, you know, they, they're they like the national guys who are are great and they are able to capture the essence of these huge moments in unbelievable ways. I mean, I know Doc Emmerich is a guy that obviously, you know, you think about that with a lot of like the Stanley Cup calls and everything like that. Um, there's, there's tons of great broadcasters out there, of course, but it's just it's different with Rick because of how tied in he is with the sabers as an organization that there's just again like this additional layer of uniqueness of, of specialness to these calls that, that i i just really i think he stacks up with the best of broadcasters across any sport you name it i think rick can roll with the best of them
1: yeah were you thinking of kevin Harlan by the way
0: Harlan, that's what i was thinking of my bad
1: yeah yeah so to your point there I think so and I think Rick is also it's different because he's very much a local announcer. Like it's hard for me to imagine him ever being a like national announcer because he's his style is so attached to almost being a fan of the Savers as much as anything else. Mm-hmm. So it's just if he feels like more than anyone someone who like had to be a local announcer even if he had the talent to do something else but I think it's one of the things we talked about when he retired a couple well, whatever 18 months ago or so is how his non-traditional background kind of plays into his like the appeal of his style Mm -hmm. so for those who don't know he did not go to college to be a broadcaster he was working as a i think off-air for a radio station in toronto and he wanted to be a disc jockey and so he went to midwest broadcasting school with in chicago it's apparently like not not college it's like just a few months he called it a crash course Uh, for, you know, so he could get on air to be a disc jockey. And he tells the story in Top Shelf that the only reason he ever did any play-by-play was he was at a Niagara Falls Junior A hockey game and their announcer got sick. And someone was like, hey, you want to do this? And he was like, sure, did it. And then they liked him so much that when the announcer was healthy again, they brought him back as a color guy. And I think he took over that. That was in the 60s. And then eventually he also called one season of I want to say it was either the Amherst or the Buffalo Bisons when they were still in the AHL. So he uh, uh, probably like 70, 71 wins last year. So the Sabres' first year, I don't think they had a TV broadcast, which is interesting in hindsight. Someone who's older, let us know if that's true or not. Yeah. But I it I think I don't think they did. So Ted Darling was their radio guy. And they wanted to move him to TV because they were going to start broadcasting games on WKBW. So they were like, we need to find this guy. An assistant GM happened to be watching a Niagara Falls game and was like, Hey, we should hire this guy and told Paul Whelan to check him out. Paul Whelan was in charge of broadcasting and brought on Rick and hired him. Unfortunately, Paul Whelan also died this year, as we talked about in a episode this spring, but yep. yeah, it's, it, it, so basically that was 1971 and he was here until 2022 it's insane and what people might not know especially when they see older clips is most of our favorite clips uh rick is not on tv it's just radio especially the playoffs The playoffs are national tv so when you're talking about legion of doom the dave hannon goal anything leading up to the cup of 99 uh, 05 06 06 07 those playoff runs uh any of those the mayday those are all radio broadcasts that people put over the video later because uh, until, hmm, like 92, 93, I want to say, somewhere in that range, he was radio only. So, in fact, he was – you never heard Rick Jenner – it's so it's so weird to me. It's mind-boggling that the first, like, 20-something years of Sabres hockey, people would turn on the TV and it would be Ted Darling, Yeah, who everyone loved, who Rick talked about as being the, the vo- original voice of the Sabres. But I guess radio was more of a thing back then is an yeah. explanation for that. But, yeah, so – I think Rick being on the radio for that long is part of the reason he's so descriptive. And so like exciting, just the opposite of dry. Like when you watch any fight, it's like, he's selling it. Like he's selling the yeah. action to you. It's, yeah. it's uh it definitely helped him out. And I think I also said this uh when he retired, but there really aren't announcers even remotely like him anymore. Announcers now not uh, no disrespect, but they just feel like they come out of a factory Yep. Like they they all go to college, they learn, especially learn not to be a homer, which isn't always good for local broadcasts. And they they kind of sound the same, get the voice nailed down, and kind of sounds like they're doing an impression of an announcer a lot of the time. And you know, they're very straight laced. Like for example, I really like Dan Dunleavy, but Dan Dunleavy is not Rick Generat. <laughs> no. He doesn't like just ooze personality like Rick does. And most people weren't like Rick in general. He's so funny, he was he's always on, but seems like a really fundamentally decent guy. But man, you just don't get broadcasters like him at all anymore. There are no more Rick Generats. There's there's no one even remotely like that.
0: It, yeah, and it just that's I think speaks that's a great point, Taylor, that it really just comes back to like the man that he was and his personality and and the uniqueness because he wasn't a robot on the mic. Like he would crack jokes and he would again have his own these little like quips that he would have, his dynamic with Rob Ray and Obviously, all of the the color guys who he had worked with over the years. I mean, you can go through the list of them. He just had this infectious personality, this in- incredible dynamic that it, it it just shined through in every single broadcast. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, he was just really a one of a kind guy. And you know, to see all the clips from Empire back in the day of him and Jim Lorenz, who, in my opinion, was his best partner, uh, dressed up like for Halloween one year, like dressed yeah. up as like a vampire or dressed up for some reason. I think it was when they opened what is now key bank center that they're dressed kind of like, I don't know how to put it like almost like cocktail waiters <laughs> or like blackjack yeah. dealers. I don't know what that was about. Uh The first game he ever called in Florida, which is actually pretty decently long into his career. He wore like shorts with his suit is like kind of a gimmick. So he just had a bunch of fun things like that. The The fun thing that people always play where he's wearing a wig and he's trying to get, lorenz on the kiss cam yeah. and lorenz like dramatically falls out of his chair bad. um they were always dressed like the easter bunny like i saw some of the so that was so fun like it's it really was a golden era of buffalo like of really broadcasting in general but that they we had empire we had lorenz and Jennerette, and they had such fun with everything different time
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh again, it's it's just a loss that it's it's hard to quantify truly how important he is to the city of Buffalo, to the Sabres, to the greater hockey community, to the broadcasting community and to all of us individually. It's it's remarkable that somebody of that profession can have such a, a profound impact on all of us to this degree.
1: Absolutely. And honestly, talking about I'm doing impressions of him earlier back in the day. My brother used to play NHL 06, and I would just like call. Sometimes he'd play against someone, and I would announce the game, like turn the volume down, and I would announce it. And it was just, in hindsight, it was just a Jenneret impression, like just saying all his like his sayings, like around but not out, things like that. Uh, so yeah, he. Would, <laughs> I thought I wanted to be a broadcaster. Then I was like, I just want to be Rick Jennerette, Yeah. <laughs> it turns out, um, and also it's worth noting. And I'm sure you did this. Everyone knows about this thing, but people in other markets might not know it, and it kind of sounds crazy. But when the playoffs would be on, especially in six oh seven, I remember this, people would just turn down the TV and turn up Jenneret on the radio, even though the video and audio did not match. (laughs) People were like, fuck it, I got to hear RJ.
0: (laughs) That was more important. Yeah, absolutely. It's tough, man. It's it's so sad. It just doesn't feel real, and I think it just hurts the most that... Just him not being able to call a stand like a, a Stanley Cup win, you know, just being able yeah. to his voice. I think that was something we talked about a bit. It's something that we all were kind of hoping for. That like, all right, whenever they end up breaking this drought, like, let's see if they can do something where they get RJ in the booth for like a period or for like one of the games or something, just to hear him call the playoffs again. Because, man, it was it was special. And one thing I think that's important too to acknowledge is you know, Rick, whether it's from him just getting older, but also just how he would be able to like manipulate his voice and use his voice on these calls and doing that year after year after year, obviously that's going to take a toll on on your throat and your ability to call games. And then of course you throw into the mix, some health issues that he was, he was struggling with too down the stretch. But I think one of the things that felt really good for me as like a fan of his and and a fan of the Sabres is it felt like, really his last stretch of games that he was calling that he kind of had the jolt back in him a bit. And and it felt like we were getting vintage RJ more and more uh, down the stretch. Like he felt just as engaged and there was a youthfulness in his voice and an excitement in his voice. And I think in a very real sense, it was because of the fact that the team is just so considerably better than what he's been having to call games for, for the past 12 years. But, I think in addition to that, you know, with him obviously knowing that his his time as a broadcaster was was coming to an end that it was important to him to like, you know, show out down the stretch here and and really leave us all with like vintage classic RJ and I felt like we really got that. It, it really felt like he after maybe the past few years you know, it felt like we were starting to hear the wear and tear on his voice a little bit that he really had it dialed in on this last stretch run here. Would you agree with that, Taylor? Do you think that it kind of, you know, towards the end of his the broadcasting side of his, his career that he really, I don't know, got his groove back a little bit? Yeah, for
1: sure. I think he, it, it seemed like his last season, they, in the second half, the Sabres were more exciting and we could tell. It seemed like they're at the start of something. Tage was taken off. So I think he had something to get excited about more so than he ever had in the past. So that probably explains it. But yeah, I think his last year was pretty strong. I'm sure it was tough, especially the COVID year that doing it, you know, remotely. And the fact that it was, they were the worst team in the league uh, that, that didn't help obviously. But I think it's worth, it was worth mentioning in general with him that when you think about a lot of our favorite moments, uh in franchise history he was not a young man for a lot of those even the 05, 06, 06, 07 runs yep. he was in his 60s like he he got in very young obviously but yeah i guess you're you're gonna get old when you do it for 50 years but he he always seemed a little bit younger than he was probably because he had you know kind of a playful energy like we said he was really funny he didn't really seem old to me until like 2013
0: mm-hmm. when
1: things started to get really dire on the ice it started to be like oh wow when he does have something exciting to call he doesn't quite have the same, I don't know, youthful kind of voice that he had, even when he was older. Yeah. Uh, and then it was especially true. I mean, God, I, I I had almost forgotten about this, but he almost died in in the booth in 2018. I think it was wow. wearing that Santa outfit.
0: I completely uh, forgot about that too.
1: Yeah, that was crazy. And it was uh, it was not too long after that that he he really scaled because he had already been scaling back every year. But man, he when he got excited, like in the early 2018 run, when they won the 10 games in a row and he brought back this. Now, do you believe thing? I'm pretty sure.
0: Uh, These guys are good. Scary. Good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yep. He was, he was getting really excited. We were all excited, but it was like, Hey, we're going to get one more of these fun seasons with Rick. And then
0: nope, (laughs) (laughs) not quite. Well, let's talk a little bit about RJ night because that was just maybe the most special, moment of my sabers fandom over the past like 10 years honestly i mean that was just a beautiful it was a great night beautiful evening and it it was so appropriate for him and fit for him you know he he just so deeply deserved the reception that he got and the in the standing ovation that he got and just being able to be there that night you know, it just is something that I'm going to be able to to look back on for the rest of my life and be able to say I was there that night, you know, and, and getting to just hear his words. And I mean, God, who didn't just like want to crumble the bits when he said the I have three words for you all. I love you. Like, it just, it was just a remarkable, remarkable man. And again, somebody that, you know, 99% of people who know who Rick Jenneret is he does not know them back and yeah. even still all of us just feel this like very deep connection with him because of that and I, I just think that that's so beautiful and as a testament to his talents and who he is as a person but yeah I just I, I just constantly have been thinking about RJ Knight since he passed away and just what a Incredible moment that is, and that that really does rank. I think as you know, obviously there hasn't been a, any playoff runs or anything like that as of late. But just in general, in my time of being a Sabres fan, so like my entire life, pretty much. I mean, that is a moment in a night that really, really sticks out to me. And then the, them bringing him onto the ice at the end of the game too, and and it, it was it was like out of a movie. It it was incredible. um So, do you want to talk a little bit about your you know memories from RJ Knight and and your just thoughts on that and where it kind of ranks for you in terms of your Sabres fandom.
1: Yeah, I bought a ticket and sat alone because I really had to be there and uh, there was only single tickets available, so uh, it was interesting, definitely. But yeah, it was, it was so cool to see everyone there to see how many people he could get there just being the announcer. Uh, everyone was there. It was you know obviously the Pagulas were there, which is pr- pretty rare still these days. Uh, but you had. Every great player, even pretty, just pretty good players. uh, Everyone came out to see him for, you know, through so many decades. It was great. And then they had during the, the game, you might remember, I don't think they people saw this on TV, but when there was a commercial breaks and stuff, TV timeout, they would have on the scoreboard, the, or Jumbotron, they would have videos of people, you know, congratulating RJ. And there's so many of them like Jim Kelly, Ryan Miller, so many people, that felt like they had to congratulate him and it made me think of you know the thing we always say you should say what what people mean to you while they're still alive and it's pretty rare that you get it from everyone everyone gets to tell you what they meant what you meant to them and how important you were to them and he got to hear all of it which is it's pretty good Here. and it, it was that night definitely that made me kind of realize how synonymous Rick is with the Sabres and how he pretty much just was the Sabres because there's no one else. We've had four ownership groups. We've had, I think 20 coaches. We've had like a dozen or more GMs, even throughout our lifetime. We've had three ownership groups since we've watched and we're not that old. Uh, th- there was so many players that come in and out guys pass through his career as a broadcaster was three times as long as Jobert Perot's career as a Sabre, which is he's the longest tenured Sabre ever. It's a, uh, it's it's hard to put into words, but he he's the guy. He was there for everything, and he's the most forward facing guy. And I think it's worth remembering, as we talked about this when Paul Whelan died too earlier this year. Buffalo wasn't really a hockey town in 1970. The Sabres. It wasn't some super obvious thing like you got to put a team in Buffalo. Obviously, it's 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 a big sports city, and it's you know it's in the north. It's basically in Canada, so it made some sense. But Buffalo didn't have a lot of rinks. Think of most of the hockey rinks around here that we played growing up. Mm-hmm. Most of those places were built after 1970 because the Sabres made hockey. And I talked about how important Paul Whelan was to making that happen to where we are today, where, we, we, where we've been for a while now, where Buffalo is maybe uh, per capita, the biggest hockey city in America. Look at the Stanley Cup ratings every year. And yep. I think Jenneret is an even bigger part of that, just because he was the front facing guy. He was on the radio for all those years and he was on TV and he was so important that when the last game at the odd happened when they closed the odd, he was the guy who came out on the ice and talked to everyone. He like kind of sent the odd off. It wasn't the owner. It wasn't like any of the players. It was Rick being like, all right, I'll see you down the street in a few months. It was him.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it. Again, how can you just begin to put into perspective how much he means to, to this community? It's, it's just a, a loss that, it hits deep for us all. and I'm like I said before, deeply, deeply sad that we've we've lost Rick, but I'm so unbelievably grateful for all the memories that he's given all of us. Do you want to hear words from our sponsors, Taylor?
1: Yep, I was just gonna say that. Folks, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Massachusetts, call 800 327 5050. Raise a gambling helpline, ma.org. And call 877 8 HOPENY or text Y at 467 369. In Kansas, call 1 800 522 4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, West Virginia Gambling Problem, call 1 800 Gambler. W 1-800-GAMBLER.NET. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership, Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age will vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings.com slash terms. And this podcast is also brought to you by Raycon, Wireless Earbuds. Folks, even if you're not going on vacation, summer is all about a vacation state of mind. So whether you want to listen to us here at Straight Up Sabres or one of the many podcasts available on the Charging Buffalo and Hockey Podcast Networks, or if you just want to retreat, retreat inside your own head for a little bit. You can create your own summer soundtrack by popping in Raycon wireless earbuds. So there's so much going on all summer. Sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or to stay calm with some guided meditation. So who knows? Use Raycons for you're going to the grocery store. You're just going on a walk. You're doing the dishes. You're at the gym. Perfect for any of those. And let me tell you right now, no matter what you're doing, Raycons are the best way to listen. Here's the earbud tap function to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. They come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit. They start at just half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. So what do you want to do? You want to create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, Straight Up Savers listeners can get 15% off their Raycon orders at buyraycon.com slash thpn. That's buyraycon.com slash thpn. Save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash thpn. All right, folks. The next sponsor is Thin Man Brewery. We had our first trivia this past Wednesday. It was a great time. Well, uh, yeah. A lot of really impressive performances all around by the team, so that was great. Only wrote a couple questions that made people want to kill us, so that's great, but folks, we'll have another one in the in the near future, so we'll let you know about that when we know the date. But right now, Thin Man has a traditional Oktoberfest lager available. It's a Marzen lager, 6.3% alcohol, and it's available at your local retailer today. So if you're interested, Oktoberfest, it's coming up soon. So you want to be ready. Here's another thing they have available now. Minky Tango, a 7% fruited sour with raspberry, tangerine, and key lime. Everything you love about Minky Boodle with a bopping citrus twist. So that's available. Hit up the uh, tap room on Chandler for four packs. And that's also going to be in store soon. Another one that's available, a lemon lime shandy called Freeze Cup. Brennan, do you like lemon lime shandies?
0: Yeah, this is
1: a 4.2 percent, so you can drink a lot of them if you want. Wow,
0: I like it uh, even more now.
1: Yeah, limited release, and it's perfect. It's still summer, guys. We still got another month of summer left, even though it's cooling down a little bit. So, check that out. And, folks, 19.2 ounce Pills Mafias now available. Wow, you excited, bud. Not probably so not based excited. on yesterday's performance, but
0: <laughs> they gotta get it together here. Yeah, folks, come on, no Bills. Let's...
1: Yeah, I know it's just the preseason, but you know, get your shit together so people can mm. enjoy their 19.2 ounce Pills Mafia. Mm. And the scientists right now, the leading scientists believe that if every Bills fan shotguns or chugs or funnels, one of those nineteen point two ounce cans in the parking lot before the game while you're tailgating the bills will be unstoppable this year
0: so no, but i was actually reading the medical journal that that was in and uh yeah that's that's pretty impressive i believe it was like 999 out of a thousand scientists and doctors all recommended that and the one that dissented was a patriots fan i believe uh yeah. could also be called the punk ass bitch either way but uh yeah really impressive stuff so are you gonna not listen to medical experts and science believe science true we're a pro science podcast that's right so
1: thin man brewery folks on chandler and also in stores everything i mentioned will be in stores soon wherever you get your thin man beer and also in your heart oh and your liver thin man brewery folks all said all right um I did want to say something else about RJ. Now I'm forgetting what it was. I guess it is kind of appropriate to do a beer ad during uh, our RJ Memoriam. I like to like to have fun, like we all do.
0: But he really yeah. was one of us.
1: <laughs> he really was, yeah. I would say the last thing I want to say is that he seemed like besides having a great personality and being super fun, he really seemed like such a great, decent person. Um he was even in the last year, the Pride video the Sabres did before Pride Month, whatever their Pride game was. So he, he was really, he seemed like a great guy. One example of what I'm talking about here is Joe Yurden, former guest and friend of the podcast, uh, talked about when he was a new newly on the Sabres beat. He's not from Buffalo or anything. They were at the Bell Center in Montreal, whatever they call it now. And he didn't know what to do for the pregame meal. He didn't know where to sit. Like It was crowded. People are working. He doesn't know anyone. And RJ spots him and is he like, hey, sit down, bud with him and Rob Ray. It's a really nice thing to do.
0: Amazing. Yeah.
1: And everyone liked Rick. You don't hear a lot of bad words about Rick pretty much ever. So.
0: Nope. Not in the slightest, not in the slightest. Well, again, we will deeply, deeply miss Rick and are just gutted by this loss. Do we want to perhaps switch it up and talk a little bit about the trade that happened? Yeah. Interesting trade. It's not what I was expecting. It was not. The Sabres end up trading Ilya Labushkin to the Anaheim Ducks for a fourth round draft pick in the 2025 draft, I believe. Yeah, I can't believe the 2025 draft is something we're talking about. I I saw that and I was like, that's in like
1: 100 years. Oh, no, it's in
0: less than two years. It's messed up. It is very, very messed up. But nice that the Sabres were able to get an asset back for Labushkin. That's good a little concerned still that this is what we're rolling into training camp with seemingly would still have liked another move, but just in general, I think it makes sense. You had to get rid of one of these bodies. You had to honestly get rid of multiple bodies on the blue line. Again, bringing like Yoki Haru back. I do not get not trying to move him right now and try and get some value back in return for him or including him as part of a bigger deal or something like he, he just doesn't fit. But that aside, Taylor, your thoughts on the Sabres trading Ilya Lubushkin of the defensemen who were in the mix to potentially be traded?
1: Well, like I said, I was surprised. I figured the number one target would be Jacob Bryson, but who knows? Maybe they can't find a taker for him. Lubushkin is the kind of guy teams love to have around. He's big. He hits. People think of him as a a big physical guy, but he wasn't really that successful. He was not. He doesn't score at all, which is fine if you're a defensive defenseman, but he's not actually a good defensive defenseman. So I kind of see why he was the odd man out. Like they gave it a shot, they tried one year with him, and he's gone now. And it's unfortunate we never got to hear Gummy Bear, his cool song. But hurts. It makes sense to me, and it kind of makes me think that a Bryson move
0: is still coming, though. You think so? Do you think I they think try and, do you think they try and risk it though, and see if they can get him through waivers? Bryson. Yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe. If I mean, if they go to training camp with eight guys, like someone's got to go on waivers, pretty much. Right. In all likelihood, so
0: maybe they maybe. think that they're able to get him through and can just send him down to Rochester, similar to what they did with Anders Bjork.
1: Yeah, it's, that's definitely possible. Based on the way he played last year, it seems almost probable. Interesting move for the Ducks. Weird franchise at the moment. I don't know what's yeah, going on. What's going on, with going on that. there? <laughs> that's a great question. Didn't they? Who did they sign this offseason that was like? Oh, didn't they send like a very old defenseman to a kind of long-term deal? Uh, maybe Oh, Alex Colorn. The they got Alex. Yeah, 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 and Radko
0: yeah, and uh, Radko Gudis too.
1: Yeah, Colorn, not a defenseman. Yeah. Anyway, I'm fine with the move.
0: Yeah, same here. Are you still? I mean. St- I know our, our last episode was kind of about how nervous we are about this. Uh, any further thoughts to that? Does this move the needle at all for you? Uh, Not really. <laughs> it's kind of the same. I mean, they had
1: to get rid of one of these defensemen, at least. And in my opinion, they should probably try to move on
0: from Bryson as well, but that's pretty much it. I agree. I definitely agree. Well, Taylor, do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share before we call it a call it a day here and sign off until Thursday? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right. Anything you want to recommend to the people?
1: I recommend a YouTube binge of Rick
0: General Eclipse. Beautifully, beautifully recommended. All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabers presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode. Make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows across both networks and make sure you're following both the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, where you can also find us, Straight Up Sabers. And again, before you close out of that app, everybody, make sure you are either following or subscribed to us on whatever your preferred streaming platform is. And we'd very much appreciate If you leave us a nice little rating or review, last but not least, we have our wonderful sponsors, folks, that we love so so dearly. That being DraftKings Sportsbook, again, make sure you're going to DraftKings and using that promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. You have Raycon, you have the show notes you can go to for details on that. So make sure you're checking that out and taking advantage of great deals for all those wonderful audio products. And of course, Thin Man Brewery, head over to Thin Man Chandler, pick up some Thin Man whenever you're out at the grocery store, you're stopping out to go grab beers. For unwinding after a nice long day at work, Thin Man, that should be your preferred beer, everybody. Make sure you're going and checking out their Chandler Street location. And again, you can follow them on social media as well. And head to their website, ThinManBrewery.com, for more information. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Ben, Straight Up Savers.